Another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Thomas Taylor. Yeah, buddy, it is 7.58 in the morning. I know what you're thinking, like, T, this is a little bit early for you. This is a little bit late for you. But you know what? It's good. It's already somewhere around 81 degrees this morning. It's a beautiful day in here in South Florida. Man, do we got a whole lot to talk about. The NBA has been officially shook up as media day has started we have week three of the nfl results we get to we get to do our week four mighty picks and ladies as you always know there's a special thing at the end for you so you know what i say regardless of that time and regardless of the weather it's always a good time to talk some sports so Talk some sports. Back at it like a sports fanatic. Woo! First things first, first. First things first. First things first. We can't go any further. We can't go any further before we make sure that we properly. And when I say properly, I do mean very, 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 very. Very properly. Show our respects and honor, or big up, I should say. One of my brethren, one of my homeboys. So, before we get any further, where you at? Where you at? Where, where, where you at? On October 14th. That's not it. <laughs> I want to say congratulations to my boy, DJ Scepter. Oh, we're going to use this twice today just to let you know. I want to say thanks, my home. Congratulations to my homeboy, DJ Scepter. Bobby Lewis for becoming the Miami Heat's brand new practice DJ. Yes, folks. Miami Heat got a practice, got a DJ to perform during their practice games, and that is none other than the DJ that you hear me big up here for the last three years, the one and only DJ Scepter, my boy, my DJ, my brethren, me, Omano, my brother. So let's say congratulations. <laughs> and that's how we're going to start the show off. I know, I know, you're like, what? What that is the breaking news for today. So if you listen to the broadcast, if you listen to the if you listen to the cast today, and yes, well the Miami Heat is practicing today. Any practice you see going on for the Miami Heat right now, just know that DJ Scepter is in the building. Now that we got that out of the way. Right? But since we're still talking about Miami and what's going on down here in South Florida, these trades in the NBA, hey. These trades in the these trades in the NBA, can you believe it? And like I said, we're gonna keep it local. So let's talk about this first one. 
Dwayne Wade to Cleveland. Dwayne Wade to Cleveland. Now, 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 now. I don't think anybody is particularly too surprised. I know there was a lot of people saying that, oh, that Golden State reached out to them. Oklahoma City was possibly on the list. You know, maybe even coming back to Miami, which is the big reason why we're talking about this, is that people thought that Dwayne Wade was going to come back to Miami. And I don't get it. Because if he left Miami, just because they were a team that you saw... You saw go, what was it, 35-6 and six to finish off the season? It doesn't mean that there's a team that he wants to go to. Because you know what? For the same reasons why Miami is going forward with their team and not thinking about Dwayne Wade and the reason why they were able to improve last year after starting 6-35, and 35, mind you. It's going to be the same reason why I'm happy with the New York Knicks moves. So, I'm going to say I'm a little nasally today. I know you guys can probably hear it. I know I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. Give me one second. There we go. Mic check. So, kind of the same way. So, they have a similar pattern. So, so Dwayne Wade goes to Cleveland. And why wouldn't he go to Cleveland? You're looking at... Listen, I'm, and I'm going to say it here again. You you, you want a hot take? <laughs> the reggae horn is going to be rampant today. But if you want a hot take, then my hot take is that the Cleveland Cavaliers win a championship this year. And the reason why they why they do it, because I it's for... It's, it's, it's going to be for a major part of the reason why I don't understand why all of these teams are going to the going to the West instead of building in the East. It's as if they believe that Golden State is an easy... Golden State and San Antonio, mind you, is an easier team to get over. Or they'll rather beat Golden State and San Antonio than have to go through LeBron and Cleveland. I, and I don't get that. I can understand that these guys were going to L.A., Maybe or anybody or anywhere in California, maybe even Phoenix, Arizona. I can understand. Maybe some places in Texas. I'm not sure about Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City sounds like sounds a lot like Denver to me. From a geographical standpoint, and for any reason for being there. So when all of these places are. All these people are going to all these teams. I'm sort of like Jimmy Butler that went to go team with, with, with a young team and his old coach. Now let's like he's kind of exempt, right? I'm talking about the Paul Georges of the world and the Camilla Anthony's of the world, and even Chris Paul kind of gets a pass because what did I say? He went, he went from Cali to Cali to Texas. He went from L.A. to Houston. We can understand that move for that star and that kind of level that is looking for. Multiple reasons to be like, yeah, Stan, these guys also don't need markets anymore. But still, not and, and And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Listen, if you're a Knicks fan, look at all these places that these teams are, that these players are going to. They went to Oklahoma City before coming to New York. They chose Brooklyn over coming to New York. They chose Cleveland over coming to New York. 
They chose Miami over coming. And I'm talking about throughout history. And now we're seeing that once these guys get established and once these guys are, are settled, and if you have a good organization, if you've been building and if you've been loyal, that these guys, if, if you, if your organization kind of looks like they know what they're doing with the Sam Preskies and, 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 and the way they're coached and the way, and the way the organization is built for, you know, from the owner on down, it, it resonates with players. And we're seeing this because you know what, Knicks fans? We could have had all of them. If James Dolan was a complete fuck-up, if we weren't completely sabotaged by Phil Jackson, and if the Knicks for the last 20 years basically have no clue who they are or what they've, or what they've been doing, is the reason why the Knicks are, are currently in this rebuilding situation. And I'm telling you, if they get wishy-washy, you know what that does? That is just going to set, keep setting the franchise back. Not... From the point of, of being able to go out and make deals or, or present deals that strip us of assets to go get stars. But for stars being really willing to come here without us having to give up a dime for them. Without us having to fork over a king's ransom every single three, four years. Right when we should be rebuilding because we're chasing something. So Dwayne Wade goes back to Cleveland, or goes to Cleveland. He goes back to LeBron. And you know what? Let me put this out there. Let me get this. Let me give you it straight up. Dwayne Wade is going back to being the puppet master. Let's make that. Let's make one thing clear. Dwayne Wade was able to get LeBron James over there so he can extend how many rings he got. And you know what? LeBron now has as many rings as Dwayne Wade, and I don't think Dwayne Wade really wants LeBron to pass him in ring-wise, if he can. So together, they both go out and get and they get four rings over whatever happens in Golden State. And part of the reason why I see them beating Golden State is like I, is, is, I, I kind of hinted to it. All of these teams keep going over to the West. None of these teams... And none of these teams are going into the East, are staying into the East, or building in the East to say, hey, we're going to try to knock out LeBron James, who is, is who is in his early 30s, who's been playing for 14, been playing for 13, 14 years. And he said, we're not going to go after that guy. We're going to go after the young team that has Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and... Andrew Ingadala and is Sean Livingston still there? Is Sean Livingston still there? But you understand that but has this ridiculously young nucleus that you'd rather go after them that has been built right through Mark Jackson, coached right through Steve Kerr, and organized right as a and and and, and ran right as a whole entire organization. That's who everybody wants to go after. I still don't get it. But if Golden State does make it out of the East. It's going to be, even if San Antonio makes it out of the East, I find it hard to say that you're just going to run over Oklahoma City. You're just going to run over Houston. You're just going to run over Minnesota. You're just going to run over the Clippers still. Remember, they're still a factor. You're just going to, maybe you run over Utah. Maybe. That's if Utah can get back to that same position. 
because now because now that's exactly what we're talking about we're talking about a west that is possibly now a 5 to 16 race to come out of it and depending on who comes out of it is it going to determine who Cleveland beats and to be honest with you I don't see any of these teams beating the San Antonio's or beating the I don't see any of these young teams I don't see Minnesota I don't see Oklahoma City I don't see Houston who else is down there? The Clippers maybe will make it in. Chasing San Antonio and Golden State at the top, that's six teams. Who are the other two teams if Utah just lost Gordon Hayward? Where do these other two teams come from? Memphis probably makes it back in again. So we're looking at a team now like the Grindhouse that makes it in there. And then, you guys give me whatever team you think is going to be the number 8 seed. <laughs> so I gave you my top 6, even my top 7. And that's going to be a crucible for for either San Antonio or Golden State. They're going to beat each other up in the West. That's that's going to be one thing for sure. And I don't know, I don't. I, and this is why I said I never understood. Based off what's happening, what's going to happen in... in in Oklahoma City, Melo could have very well have, have gone to Cleveland, and at least he would have been in the in the NBA Finals. You understand that? Camilla Anthony wouldn't have just been in the in, in the playoffs, which is going to be great for him, for people to see hooded Melo playing in the playoffs, so that in two years he can possibly get some money, possibly get a three-year deal worth. Let's say $75 million. Anywhere between 75, 75, 45. Anywhere between 45 and $60 million. That's what Melo is probably going to be seeking in, the, in a couple of years. And trust me, I don't even know if it sounds like a lot loud. It's going to be nothing two years from now, three years from now. But everybody ran from the East. So now when I look at the East... I'm saying, who does LeBron James have as competition? I mean, you're talking about him in Boston. And then you're going to hope that John Wall and Washington moves up. Because basically, I'm looking at them as a number three seed. We all know that Toronto has figured out the formula to winning during the regular season. Play it hard enough to win games during the regular season. But it means nothing. In the playoffs. We'll get more into this NBA season when we come back from these commercial breaks. We still got a whole lot of football to get through. This is Talento Martella. You listen to Mighty Radio. Let me put you in the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head to Multiverse Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money, and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games, not just all your popular next-gen titles, but also all your favorite old-school titles and systems. Starting as early as Atari and Nintendo, to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and yes, that does include PlayStations, GameCubes, and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just 
Crest off the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Merchants Registry Plaza. That's conveniently located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Believe it or not, just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, $7.90 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multivest Games, where you save more so you can play more. Back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. Uh, you're listening to Donald Domar Taylor early this morning, 8.15 this morning. So you probably, if you listen, you probably listen on your way home or your drive to work. I'm sorry. I am so used to doing this show at night. I'm telling you folks, this is new for me. It's good for me. It's, I, can say, I shouldn't say this is new for me. This isn't new. This is rare for me. So if you're listening to this, you're getting a special treat. So back to this NBA. We were really hoping to finish up in that first segment, but... My nickism takes over. My, my, my passion for basketball takes over. And this is what we get. <clears throat> Me really trying to figure out live on the air. Why are these teams not staying in the East and trying to beat up an old LeBron James and a young Cleve and a young Boston instead of trying to deal with even though it's supposed, you could call it an old San Antonio, but it's definitely a galvanized San Antonio and a young Golden State, who is now a veteran Golden State. Everybody's running to the West. Because they only see that those two teams are the teams to beat, and they figure that, hey, Golden State has... I don't know. I really don't know. But it's happened. And now in the West, we have a six-man race, a six-team race. While in the East, we have a... Two team race. Two and a half? I guess we could call it a three team race if you call two halves. No, no. Two and three quarters? Because I don't because I consider Washington a half and I consider <laughs> I consider Toronto a quarter. So we have two and three quarter team race in the east and we have a six team race in the west. A six and a third. So Mello goes to Oklahoma City, and this is basically where, where we got to. Mello goes to Oklahoma City to join up with Paul George and Mr. Triple Double Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. And while this team looks interesting on paper, obviously they're gonna every team out there's gonna take some time to gel. So so even the Houston team, we're possibly not even thinking about them maybe being able to be as good as they can be until next year. To possibly beat Golden State, but this year they can just they can be good enough on their talents alone to say, "Hey, we can at least wear you out and slow you down some." See, because you know what you know what's the what's the one thing I see all of this offense going around, and yet I don't see anybody trying outside of Minnesota. I don't see anybody that has the defense to beat Golden State. So maybe that's what they bank on, is that if they could finish, if you can make a team like Minnesota possibly finish with the 
seventh or eighth seed, and they play Golden State, that's a first round you don't want to have. Minnesota is a first round opponent you just don't want to have. Even though I figure that most of those teams, most of the five teams that I've mentioned, will beat Minnesota, I just don't think that's the team that you want to play. You talk about a young team coached by Tom Thibodeau, being led by Jimmy Butler, who basically was a defensive guy that learned offense, or that got better at offense, and Carl Anthony Towns. Nope. Stop that. So let's so let's get into what New York got, right? So Melo goes to Oklahoma City to join up with Mr. Triple Double and Paul George, which, as, you, as, you, as we all know, Melo can play defense, can play some defense when he needs to. He can be a he can be a decent rim protector, weak side rim protector when he needs to. He can be a decent on ball protector, more than average on ball protector when he wants to. And playing beside Paul George and Russell Rustbrook, I'm pretty sure those two guys are not going to only motivate him to play defense, but also hold him accountable for it, especially the coach they're going to go play for. So now what we're going to hope is that Paul George and Camilla Anthony was a better, uh, better matchup for you, as a better teammate for Russell Westbrook than Kevin Durant was. We're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see because now he has some bona fide shooters to pass that ball to. He has some people that when he passes that ball to, he knows that they can definitely get their shot. We're talking about Russell Westbrook. So Enos Cantor is part of this trade, right? As New York gets Enos Cantor, they get Doug McBuckets, Doug McDermott. If not, and that's basically who Doug McDermott is. It's a college player that used to be known as Buck, uh, Bucket McDermott or, uh, 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 or Doug McBuckets. He was that guy. Another guy that also was in Chicago. Another guy that also played on a Tom Thibodeau for a while, so knows defense more, was 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 being held accountable more for his defense than he was his offense early on, which may which may put him at an advantage in this lack. Lackluster defense kind of NBA that we're in, and the kind of lackluster and and the kind of defense that you would hope that a young guy like that may play may bring to a Knicks team that he may see that hey they need some defense. So before we even go over Enos Cantor's numbers, right? Because Enos, because the first thing that I wanted to I, I wondered about is that why Oklahoma City versus Houston, right? Why why do a trade with Oklahoma City versus Houston? Obviously, we know the kind of people that he wants, that Kamala Anthony wants to play for, and we know the kind of assets that New York wants to take back. And one of the assets that we know that they didn't want to take back was Ryan Anderson's. So automatically, I go to look, and I'm like, hey, was Ryan Anderson's, because we all, I don't know if you realize this, Enos Cantor is getting, is getting paid $17.8 million this year. So if you remember, that the reason, the reason that they didn't want Ryan Anderson is because they didn't want to take back a major contract. Ryan Anderson... Is getting paid $19.5 million this year. But Ryan Anderson, to my knowledge, does not have a trade kicker in his contract. Also, Ryan Anderson is two, is 29 years old. Drafted in 2008, first round, think like the 21st pick, something like that, right? Versus a guy like Enos Cantor. 
who happens to be much younger, 25 years at that, 25 years old at that. Drafted 2011, first round, third overall pick. Has never lived up to that, right? But one thing that, that, that Enos Cantor has lived up to since he's gone from Houston to Oklahoma City is that whether he comes off the bench, whether he starts, he's a guy that can give you a double-double. He just needs about 17 minutes a game, which is great. Because it's also another thing that I'm realizing. And let me get back to this contract first. No, another thing that I'm realizing. That the Knicks are, are, are really ultimately trying to protect Christoph Przingis. And that's something that you want. You want space in so Christoph Przingis can do his work. If he does do any work down low. You want shooters so that Christoph Przingis can't be targeted on. But you also want big men so that Christoph Przingis can play power forward. You want rim protectors to help Christoph Przingis out. You want people that are also Christoph Przingis height so that you don't lose much on the court. Not from rebounding, not from defense. Maybe some scoring, but at least not from the hustle. And Enos Cantor, you know, on the court with a guy like Hernan, um, Hernan Gomez and a guy like Quinn that not all have a Joakim Noah that only now needs to play 10 to 12 minutes a game in their ear. And Enos Cantor that I listen to talk Enos Cantor, that's getting $17.8 million this year, by the way, who has a trade kicker that makes his contract this year over $20 million. He has a $2.6 million trade kicker. So initially, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't understand why Enos Cantor over Ryan Anderson. But like I said, especially when Ryan Anderson can shoot threes, but like I said, Enos Cantor is four years younger. Enos Cantor, whether he starts or not, can come off the bench and give you a double-double. Enos Cantor's contract is one year shorter than Ryan Anderson's. That was probably the first thing I realized. Was that Ryan Anderson has a three-year contract? Actually, actually let's, let's, let's actually say what it is. Ryan Anderson has a four-year contract. In that fourth year, he's an unrestricted free agent. Actually, no, sorry. I'm restricted. No ties. So he has a three-year contract. Enos Cantor has a two-year contract. And Joe Noah also has a three-year contract. All of these guys are getting paid anywhere in the high teens. We're talking about 17, 18, 19, 17, 18, 19. Ryan Anderson is actually the only one of them that actually breaks to 20 and $21 million. So we get to save some money in, in the coming years. And I listened to Enos Cantor talk. Enos Cantor said... Two very interesting things to me. The first thing that he mentioned was the fact that he saw what it took from Russell Westbrook on how he needs to play on the court. The kind of intensity, the kind of veracity that you have no friends, the kind of brotherhood it takes to keep a locker room together. That the people in, that you play with are your family and that's and everybody else is noise. Everybody else is a distraction. Everybody else that isn't in that locker room with you isn't part of your team. And when you, even when you see your friends on the other side of the court, they're not your friends. You're going to war and you need to treat it as such because those guys aren't going to try to take it easy when it comes to going at you. So you need to make sure that you take everything you have and go at them every single time. 
Enos Cantor said that, and what he learned from Russell Westbrook, which I loved because Enos Cantor is 25, and he's going to be learning from a guy like Joakim Noah, who is 32, by the way, but has a similar mentality. And Joakim Noah just needs to stay healthy, healthy enough to give us 10 to 12 minutes, because you know what we need from Joakim Noah? We need his mentality to ooze into our locker room, because that's what we needed last year. We need his mentality to ooze into Canton, who ooze into Conan Gomez, to, to, to ooze more into O'Quinn. Even though I don't think O'Quinn needs it more that much. But it, it needs to get more into those guys. Because those are going to be the enforcers at the rim that is going to help push off Porzingis. And if you could turn some of these young guards into pit bulls as well, like Anatola, McDermott, who already knows something about defense. Tim Hardaway Jr. had left and came back from a place in, in Atlanta that focused around defense. Then the Knicks have a chance, like the Jets have a chance, to start building a young nucleus that you can look forward to, that you can start being proud to at least want to watch their games to see if this team is on the right track. Because you know what? Last year, I had no desire to watch any of my teams after about four weeks of sport. The Jets, I'm still excited to watch this year. Because you see now why Brandon Marshall and Harris and everybody young had to go so that you can see who was willing to step up from a young nucleus. You have a similar thing going on in New York. The second thing that Enos Cantor said that caught my eye, we'll talk about after this commercial break. On October 14th, come on and catch the Mighty Sports Podcast, Mighty Radio, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and the entire 24-7 Miami lineup live from the Susan G. Coleman Race for the Cure Marathon at Bayfront Park. Register today at ComanMIAFTL.org. That's K-O-M-E-N-M-I-A-F-T-L.org. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Alan T. Taylor. And if you are listening, that means you're listening live with us this morning. It is 8.30 this morning. I hope you're enjoying your drive to work. That is, if you haven't gotten there already, as you listen to the podcast, that means you are listening to MightyRadio.net. That's M-Y-T Radio.net. So the second thing that Enos Cantor said that caught my eye. That really, really caught my eye was that he felt sorry for us Americans that we were going through this kind of turmoil in our country because of the lead, the commander in chief that we had, or the or the leader that we have. In charge. Because. Him and his country of Israel. Which he has very much been. Going through. A lot. Lately. But he is engulfed in the war that's going on in Israel. Politically speaking out. Progressively trying to get things done. And he recognizes. That the things that are now going on in America. 
can be compared to what is going on in his home country as Israel. That he has to send us his condolences. Let that sink in. Because Enos Cantor is no slouch when it comes to political awareness. His basketball game may not be a 20 and 10 guy, which I hope he can evolve into. As if he gets the minutes, obviously. I don't know if you'll get that. And I really mean like 20 and 15 guy. But from, from a political standpoint, when it comes to conscious awareness, Enos Kant is is, is 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 pretty much up there. If you're gonna put it, so if you're gonna put LeBron in that category, then you need to put Enos Cantor there and maybe put him on the on, on the ladder step ahead of LeBron when it comes to this. Because he's doing this at twenty five. At twenty five if I'm not mistaken, LeBron was pretty much still ducking the issues. Maybe not. 25, where was he at? In Miami? Just focused on winning? Making jokes at Dallas and then losing to them? After winning? Yeah. Yeah. LeBron James wasn't here yet. He's here now, but he wasn't quite there yet. Enos Cantor compared our president... To the tyrants that he, the tyrants and dictators that he has to deal with in Israel. And it's not surprising because our president made a remark about a private company about how they should conduct their practices and how they should employ their employees. A president did this, our president did this. He tried to dictate to a private company of how they should run their company and which employees they should let stay in their organization for peacefully protested. And peacefully, and, and, and let me break something down to you about this peaceful protest. Yes, it's about police brutality. Yes, it's about corruption. Yes, it's about all of that stuff. Mainly, it is about people in power that continue to abuse it and go unchecked. And our piece of shit, <laughs> our piece of shit president is one of them. Like, I'm not even gonna hold that punch. Our piece of shit, cock sucking, orange face, fuck face president is one of them. And I, and I said this before and I'll say it again. He's doing what, and he's doing almost what all of us have said that we will do. He's putting all of his friends in, in, in made-up position, all of his unqualified friends in, in made-up positions, and he's trying to help his friends' businesses grow. It's just that his friends' businesses happen to be big coal, big tobacco, big oil, big, big uh, what is it, big metal railroad companies. <laughs> you understand? All of those old money groups. And they all have dirt on him. And they all hold him by the balls on a consistent basis. And I think that because he he knows that some of these people, friends of his, also happen to be NFL owners. I think that he wants to try to see if he can use some of his clout to try to dictate to them. But you have to remember that these NFL owners are still a group that never even wanted him in there. In their own organization or fraternity. And they have consistently kept him out. Because they find him, believe it or not, to be immoral, immoral for, the, for the company. 
and bad for the company and bad for the shield. And based off of those remarks by our president, the president found a way to galvanize the whole entire NFL against him. As the NFL locked arms, took knees, and didn't come out for the national anthem, all in response to the president calling all of their mothers bitches. Let's put it in terms so everybody could understand. The president of the United States called NFL players mothers bitches. On national television during a rally in Alabama. Of all places, folks. Good old Alabama. With a roll time and hey, Negroes. Alabama. That's the that is the that is the audience that our president is cheered and rooted for on a consistent basis. Those people with those kind of backgrounds. That's prove me wrong. Because if you don't see outside of politicalness that this president isn't a good person. And for the people that say that, oh, that this country was getting racially better until Barack Obama took presidency, that should then let you know that half of this country still had a problem with a black president. Outside of it just being his political views. And that's how the country gets divided when Obama takes presidency, because people were still having an issue with just there being a black president. Don't worry, I'm gonna find that post and 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 make sure you get your attention that you're always so greatly seeking. So Donald Trump finds a way through his comments to unite the whole entire NFL against him. As the NFL, like I said, took knees, they held arms, and they didn't come off of the national anthem. But none of what the NFL did as a whole. As they protested what the president said about the national anthem had to do with the actual reason why players have been protesting the actual anthem. The players have been protesting the national anthem due to police brutality. And it doesn't matter. And the bad thing about it, you know, it's so funny anytime you talk about police brutality that you have eight kajillion. Well, and also when you talk about police brutality, the victims usually happen to be black. But you always have, I, I don't understand, and, and, and I'm going to say this oddly, right? I, I don't mean to offend you. Like, it always seems that people that come to the, mo- the majority of the defense of the cops all happen to be white people as if we're attacking white people. No, we're attacking bad cops. And what happens is that somewhere in between every time a bad, cops get, a bad cop gets, point out, gets pointed out, right, even when you can see all the evidence that that cop was not following protocol. And we also tell you that, hey, not only when they following protocol, and, and see, I, don't th- I think this is where people lose the message, is that we, not only are we telling that they're not following protocol and they're abusing their power, but they're really doing this to, to black people only. And, and I, sh- I don't want to say only, they're doing this to the majority of black people. Because... 
when they pull over somebody that is that, and when they pull over people that are white, they tend to show more leniency and restraint, or tend to follow the letter of the law more more often. More often. I'm not saying that they don't. We're saying more often. Just like they more often tend to not follow the letter of the law or be a little bit more abusive when dealing with somebody of color. Black, brown, yellow, or black. doesn't matter. That's where the disconnect always comes at. Is where you end up being able to, you end up having to defend the race of the person instead of the actions of the cop. Except, and we've seen recently, where black cop goes into a white lady's home and shoots her. And now, hey, we gotta get an example made. But it takes a black but it takes the example being made out of a black cop. <laughs> but it's getting better. Fire chief being the being being fired for for for, for, for calling for calling Calling the Cleveland players or Baltimore player um, niggers. So good. He deserves not to have his job because he doesn't deserve to be in that spot. You can't have that kind of position. And that's the reason why he's giving. You can't be in that position and spew that kind of bigotry. But yet we keep letting the president get away with it. And so the president galvanized the whole entire NFL for week three. A week three that was crazy at that. I mean, absolutely crazy. But it was exciting. I mean, completely exciting. It was an absolute thriller. And it started off. And just to let you know, if you if you if you did if you did the mighty picks with me this week, then we had a horrible week. We're talking about horrendous week. We're talking about a week where I got 10 games wrong. That's 10 out of 16, people. That's no bueno. But like I said, that meant that we had a thrill of a week. The LA Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers. 41-39. In a game that was a completely a, it was a complete heater. A game that was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We saw Todd Gurley getting there for a couple of times. We saw San Francisco make plays. <laughs> and at the end of the day, LA Rams improved to 2-1. San Francisco 49ers, even though we did not expect them to even make the playoffs, they go to 0-3. And you know what they say once you become 0-3, you basically never make the playoffs. So it's basically a wrap for San Francisco. We can officially say that now. Baltimore... Baltimore Ravens lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry. Yes. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars on a neutral turf in London. 28, sorry, 7 to 44. Which, like I said last week, this was a prove it game. It was going to say, which one of these teams are more for real? On a neutral side, which one of these teams are more for real? They both came from the East Coast. They both won the same time zone. They both had the same travel. And Mercedes Lewis went off, had three touchdowns. So when you see him later on on the top of one of these leaderboards I'm going to talk about, don't get too excited about him. Okay, ladies? Don't get overly excited about Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis 
Mercedes Lewis is basically a good one night stand. That's all he was. He's nothing to get good excited about. He is not relationship material. He's gonna have to prove himself a little bit more. We're gonna have to see that. So Baltimore falls to two and one. Jacksonville improves to two and one. Cleveland, Cleveland, who we had, who I had picked to beat Indiana, they lose to Indiana at in Indiana, obviously. Both teams were 0 two, so Indiana improves to one and two. As Indiana pulls out a victory, 31 to 28. Philadelphia Eagles beat the New York Giants 27-24 in a last-minute field goal. I believe that was 60 yards, so they could pull ahead 27-24. Odell Beckham had a had a, he had a very good game and a loss, basically. <laughs> and Odell Beckham is more than likely the reason why his team lost the game. Because of his penalties and his reactions once again. Just like how he did the dirty play a couple years ago on on John Josh Newman, Josh Norman <laughs> of the Carolina Panthers to lose that game for his team. He did another gesture this, this week to lose a game again for this team. And his team is now on three. His team is now in the same boat as the San Francisco 49ers. And I am actually happy to say with that loss. The New York Giants are the worst team in New York. It is not the Jets. It is not the Bills. It is the Giants. We're going to talk more about week three when we come back from this commercial break. Go DJ. Go DJ. So stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Friday again. Well, stop worrying and stop thinking and head to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. This is where you'll find my boy DJ Scepter mixing in the lounge room. Listen, you gotta head there so you can start dancing and start drinking. And I understand, we understand, you may be an introvert so you may have to start drinking so you can start dancing. But regardless of what you do, you make sure you do it. My boy, DJ Scepter. This is every Friday at from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, you bring your sexy. Fellas, you bring your swag. It's going down at Capone's. But wait, there is more. If you're trying to figure out to do it on Wednesday night, which was last night, people, you, you would have found DJ Scepter at O'Malley's nightclub. From 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And I know you heard the beginning of this broadcast, but if you didn't hear the beginning of this broadcast, this podcast, this all cast, this shared cast, then yes, DJ Scepter is also the new DJ of the Miami Heat practice games. So when I tell you, DJ Scepter's playing everywhere that you want to be, I mean it. Whether it's a birthday, it's a wedding, it's a bar mitzvah, quinceanera, bachelor, bachelorette party, and yes, even the Miami Heat's practice games, DJ Scepter puts a royal touch on everything. And for reservations, that is too simple. Too easy, Joe Sarge, too easy. Let's go to bookings. At DJSepta.com. That's B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at DJSepta.com. Go 
DJ. My team. Almost ready. Just ride out to this, man. I think I'm gonna start having DJ set to pick a song to play an instrumental to for every week. And when we do this part of the segment, after I do the commercial break, just know you're gonna have the rest of a whole instrumental to ride out to. We're gonna call it the DJ Scepter Song of the Week. To the Mighty Sports Podcast. And if you are listening, that means you are still listening at MightyRadio.net. Or, I'm lying. There's one other place. Sorry, there's two other places. Wait, there's three other places. What? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven places to find me. Places to find me. Places to find me. <laughs> I'm like LeBron James. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Not just MyTRadio.net, but MyTSports.net, also TuneIn Radio, also MixLR, also SoundCloud. What was that? What was it? Was that five? That was five. It's everywhere you can find me, folks. Don't forget that we have Facebook and Twitter, MyTRadio, MyTSports, Instagram, MyTRadio, MyTSports, Twitter, MyTRadio, MyTSports. I'm everywhere, B. Anywhere that you... Listen, you think you can find DJ Sector everywhere. Like, how, what, what about the, what about how you think you can find the guy that talks about DJ Scepter? You go to per, you go to Periscope, you can find the Mighty Mighty TV, Mighty TV. That may be my YouTube. But we'll see. So let's continue with this NFL breakdown. As I told you, that we had this thriller of a week, and I want to continue with that. I was I was enjoying that. I was really enjoying that segment. I, was was it just me? Is it just me? Is it just me? I'm just saying. I'm not. Couldn't have been the only one enjoying that segment. Like anybody, any kind of response. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the only one over here appreciating my musical genius. 
<laughs> so, the New York Jets beat the brakes off of the Miami Dolphins in a game that I called. And I called them for a little bit more than my fandom. And this is the game that gets you excited. Because I told you one thing. One, one thing I knew for sure. That everybody that said the Jets weren't going to win a game this season. I said, hey, the Jets are going to at least win two games this season. They're going to beat the Bills and they're going to beat the Dolphins. And I, I honestly believe they'll win like three or four games. Only because we'll get flashes of the defense that we thought that they could be coming into the season. And every once in a while... You'll get a decent offensive production. But also, what, what did I tell you? Miami's Miami's defense, at, so, at, at this point, at, up to that point in the time and year, they had given up as many fantasy points as the New York Jets defense had. Remember, we went over this last we went over this last week. Where I told you that the New York Jets were the third worst defense in fantasy last year. Uh, this uh, the last week. Coming into last week. But the Miami Dolphins were as well. They were number four. It was just who you had more... Who did you have more faith in? The Jets' corners? Dolphins' corners. Jets' front? Dolphins' front. Jets' safeties? Dolphins' safeties. Me being a Jets fan, I happen to know what our defense is and what it looks like, and I went with that. Even though Miami's isn't... Miami's on paper shouldn't be that bad either... And Miami's offensive weapons were also better. Like, listen, Miami should have won this game. But they didn't. And the Jets won. Six. Sorry, 20 to six. Woo! And it was all done with dominated defense. Buffalo beat Denver 26 to 16. In a game that... Saw the short McCoy put on put up under a hundred total yards, but once again, Clay, their <laughs> their their tight end Clay found the end zone once again, and just to let you know, ladies, 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 ladies. I have something special for you later on when it comes to Clay. So, stay tuned and keep this guy in mind. The tight end Clay from Buffalo, for his third straight game, has found the end zone. But you know what he still can't find his way to? We'll talk about that. When we talk about fantasy football later. I told you ladies. That one's just for you. Now the Carolina Panthers. Lost to the New Orleans Saints. 34-13. In a game that. Saw. <laughs> it's a division game. Right. Division rivalry games. Are meant to be bewildering. As I told you. This week was completely bananas. All the teams that we picked to win lost. All the teams that we thought could win. Like the 2-0 Carolina Panthers lost 34-13 to the 0-2 New Orleans Saints. That's what I'm trying to tell you here. This is what I don't think you are understanding here. 
right, the one and one Buffalo Bills beat the two and old Denver Broncos, who were looking dominant on defense. But Buffalo has a steady game of run and has a steady has a steady dose of run game, and they have a tight end that knows how to find that end zone. They have a tight end that has a, that can find the end zone but can't find fantasy football rosters. Message. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> right The 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers Lost To the 0-2 Chicago Bears 23-17 As Le'Veon Bell Still hasn't shown us Quite Actually No I think he finally did show up Last week what am I saying? Didn't the person I play in my fantasy football team have Le'Veon Bell and he put up like 13 points on me? I still won that week, by the way. As I improved to 2-1 in my fantasy football league. In the Brew Crew Football League. I gotta check out how these women do. Don't forget that I have an all-women's fantasy football league. So if you're interested, they have a pot and they have a prize. And next year, you could, you could possibly be one of those ladies that could win. Check it with me. DM me. Send me an email. However you want to reach out. Like I told you, I have Facebook. I have Twitter. I have all kinds of memes from IT Sports, MIT Radio, either or. We can get you connected next year. Hundred dollar prize for fantasy football. Look at that, ladies, just for you. All these things we do is just to please ladies. And Clay still can't find a roster spot. You can start calling Clay. To... <laughs> we won't go there. Detroit and Atlanta both came into this came into this game two and zero. And Atlanta won 30 and 26, 32 26, in a game that didn't disprove anything, but proved both things. It proved that Atlanta and Detroit both are the truth. It proved that Matthew Stafford is still worth all of that money. It proved that Matthew Stafford still can come back and win you games. Matthew Stafford still is still known from as as one of some of the most for, the, for having the most comeback fourth quarter drives. Jesus' team is always down at that as well too. But has some of the most fourth quarter um, drives. And man, was he not robbed on that last play? In a game that saw both quarterbacks pass for over 250 yards. Matt Ryan a little bit closer to 300 than 250. And I also believe that Matthew Stafford was around like 275. So you're talking about like Matt Ryan had 295. Matthew Stafford probably had like 275. Some of the major differences here was, and we're talking about a game that Matt Ryan threw three interceptions versus only one to Matthew Stafford. And this is what that game looked like. I see both of these teams in the playoffs. And wow, I can't wait to both of these teams meet up and possibly again in the playoffs. But can you imagine? Atlanta, Detroit, Green Bay. Whew. We got some slanging. We got some slanging. Tampa Bay lost to Minnesota. 17-34. As Minnesota's defense showed up. Jameis Winston, those boys struggle. Evans still had a decent game. Deshaun Jackson showed out. He, 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 he definitely performed. Mike Evans was held to about 60 yards. 
And Jameis Winston gives up a game check to all to the people that was affected by the hurricane in Tampa Bay. To the cooks of his organization. But Jameis Winston has definitely very much fallen in the quarterback rankings. To right above what we kind of thought he was going to be for where we picked him up at. Or where you may have picked him up at. Is that he's a middle of the pack quarterback. And But he's right in there as a middle of the pack quarterback where there's no difference between number 9 and number 25. That's middle of the pack. As we go into overtime. Seattle. Before we get to Seattle, before we get to the Seattle game. One of the games that we did get right. Not Seattle. We're going to the game that we got right. <laughs> New England miraculously needed every second to beat Houston as well. As they beat Houston, as both teams came into this game one and one, but New England beat beat Houston 36 to 33. Seattle lost to Tennessee. Twenty-seven to thirty-three in Tennessee, mind you. A game that Russell Wilson threw for over 300 yards. And he still lost. But it was a game that DeMarco Murray... And listen, this is probably the most telling stat of them all. It's not the fact that Seattle lost by a touchdown. It's not the fact that Russell Wilson threw for over 300 yards and still lost. It's the fact that DeMarco Murray... On 14 attempts, put up 115 yards. That's 8.2 yards per carry against the Seattle Seahawks defense. That was the surprising part. That is the part that I couldn't get around, that I couldn't wrap my head around, that I couldn't get past. That is the part that looks surprising. Is that this team that is supposed to be the New England Patriots of the West. They look they look lackluster. They didn't look like they were 24 carats. They didn't look, they didn't look like they were pure gold. They 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 look deflated. They look defizzled. They and listen, it could be that travel. It could be that travel. So we're going to see if <laughs> So we're going to see if they can even turn around their week as they take on Indiana this week in Seattle. So, I'm going to take this time out to, tell, to let you know that, yeah, I'm going to talk about you. That I just told somebody that I'm doing the podcast live, and they asked me if I'm playing the one from last night or if I'm doing it right now. I just said I'm doing it live. The word live is live for a reason. <laughs> so, as we get back, 
So that's probably the most that's that's probably the scariest thing so far. Or has been the scariest thing. Is that the Seattle Seahawks defense. The Seattle Seahawks that is known for the defense. This is a game that Doug Baldwin went off for over for over a hundred something yards, by the way. Part of the reason why Russell Wilson was able to put up 300 yards. But listen, if Russell Wilson can't get protection and their defense isn't gonna show up anymore, if we're no longer talking about the Legion of Boom, but maybe just the Legion of Oom, then hey, the Seattle Seahawks are gonna be in trouble. Not only does this year, but for a couple of years. Because I look at I look at Tennessee, and maybe Tennessee is more of a real deal than we thought they are. But I look at Tennessee as, as, as one of those teams that Seattle should find a way to beat. Definitely Indiana is. Even though Indiana found a way to beat Cleveland. I just thought that Cleveland would possibly find a way to beat Indy with no weapons. But Indy's weapons are starting to show up for the young quarterback as they keep, they're starting to keep things very vanilla and very simple. But still, I can't get past the fact that the Tennessee Titans were able to put up almost 200 yards rushing on a Seattle defense that is known for but Crabtree is balling even though Oakland didn't beat Washington As they lost 10 to 27. Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, out of all players, is balling. Even though. Seattle Seahawks are struggling. And Michael Crabtree is balling. Green Bay beat Cincinnati 27-24. In a game that... Listen, Cincinnati's now 0-3. So Cincinnati is on pace right now to not make the playoffs. If Baltimore can continue their pace. We just, we just need... <laughs> can Cleveland... We talk about Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Who's that, who's that fourth team in that division? Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is two and one. Baltimore is two and one. Cincinnati and Cleveland are both zero and three. We can go ahead and eliminate both of those teams from the playoffs. <laughs> it's, it's it's just really going to be that simple. Something's going on with Cincinnati, even though AJ Green is getting his numbers. Cincinnati's not finishing games. Cincinnati, something is off in Cincinnati. Can Cincinnati come back? That's the question. Cincinnati plays Cleveland this week. I expect them to beat Cleveland. If they don't, it's about two 0 3 teams. <laughs> That's the bad thing about it. We really talking about two 0 3 teams. Oh, it's Cleveland 1 and 2. Sorry. Cleveland is one and two. So Cleveland is one and two. Cincinnati is zero and three. Baltimore and Pittsburgh are two and one. Who would have thought that?
Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs pick up an easy victory over the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers fall to 0-3, and the Kansas City Chiefs improve to 3-0. They beat them 24-10. I just like Kansas City. I just like Andy Reid. I have a blind spot for Kansas City and Andy Reid and the rest of them boys. Are they going to be one of the teams that we're going to see in the later part of the AFC playoffs? As we already said, that Oakland lost to Washington 10-27. In a game... In a game where Marshawn Lynch had six rushes for 18 yards. But even more stunning is that Kirk Cousins looks good. I'm not going to lie. Like, that may have been one of the first games that I've really, 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 really watched for Washington. And really paid attention to Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins looks good. Kirk Cousins... Can throw a short ball with precision. He can throw a medium ball with precision. He can throw the deep ball with precision. He has a good tight looking spiral. He can hit windows. He can hit spots. He can throw a man. Oh, Kirk Cousins looks good. He gassed that Oakland defense. An Oakland defense, an Oakland secondary that has been considered suspect, mind you. But if they are suspect, it's going to take a good quarterback to be able to take advantage of that suspect secondary. The Jets couldn't do it last year, last week or two weeks ago, but Kirk Cousins found a way to gash them. And as I said, Michael Crabtree also is looking good. We're going to talk Michael Crabtree a little bit later in the show, just to let you know. And in the Monday night game, Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals, both teams one and one. And I had the Arizona Cardinals beating the Dallas Cowboys. In a game where Des Bryant had two catches for 12 yards. If you don't believe me that something is going on with Des, and if you don't believe me that if it wasn't for that one touchdown, Dez would have had no value. And it was a touchdown. He had a, It was an impressive touchdown because he had to scrape and fight and drag bodies to get the six yards necessary, eight yards necessary to get that touchdown. But he got it. But that one touchdown saved his whole entire night. Because before then, we're talking about a game of one catch and four yards. That's what we're talking about with Des Bryant here. But he had two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. Save this night. Save this fantasy football production. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to see more out of Des. I'm going to have to see more out of Des Bryant before I consider him a consistent starter in fantasy football. That is a message for you, my fantasy football people. But this was a game that we saw Ezekiel Elliott, 22 touches, 80 yards. Just a little under 4 yards per carry and put up a touchdown. A game that Dak Prescott went 13 for 18 and two interceptions at that. 
Oh, he's got two touchdowns. Sorry. That's two touchdowns. One of them are rushing. Sorry. That's what I have there. Two touchdowns. One of them rushing. So we saw all of the components for Dallas. Make sure they step. And listen, that's what it's going to take from Dallas. All of their components must step up on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you have two touches to Des Bryant. You hustle for every single yard and you try to get into that end zone. He had a touch. So you notice who I've said had a touchdown here. Right? Des Bryant, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott not only with his arms, but with his legs. Everybody had a touchdown. Those are the three offensive stars in, in Dallas, and that must continue to happen if Dallas is going to have success. Something is going on with Des Bryant that we have to keep an eye on. And that is how you go 6-10. and 10. You lose the Baltimore game, you lose Cleveland, you lose the Denver versus Buffalo, you lose the New Orleans versus Carolina game, you pick bad versus Pittsburgh and Chicago. Atlanta, you pick the wrong guesses. Atlanta, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, Tennessee, Oakland, and Washington, and Dallas, and Arizona. But what I did notice, and a lot of these that I lost, it could have been avoided if I would have just picked the home team. Could have been avoided if the games that I kind of thought were close, Cleveland, Indy. I would have picked the home team. I would have won that because you know what they won by? They won by the home field, the home, the home field advantage, field goal. Philly and the Giants. Field goal. Even though I did pick that one. Pittsburgh, Chicago. One touchdown. New <laughs> Green. Oh, I picked those. I picked that. Tennessee, Seattle. Picked the home team. We won by a touchdown. Two field goals, actually. But just a touchdown. Not seven points, but a touchdown. Six. And yes, it's a crazy week that Donald Trump found a way to unite all of NFL and turn it on his heels in more ways than one. And then Sports Illustrated comes out with a cover that has all of these figures, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Uh, Michael Bennett, if I could, if I remember correctly, Aaron Rodgers. I remember, I think somebody from I don't remember who was from the WNBA. I thought it was, maybe it was Candace Parker. Let's say her. And Roger Goodell. All locked in arms. All. In response to the president. All protesting the flag. All about protesting the flag. Supposedly. Even though the flag isn't being protested. It's the national anthem. Oh, it's actually during... It's not the flag being protested. They're just doing their protest during the national anthem. I don't even understand... The national anthem that I was so happy that <laughs> and this is coming from a former soldier, by the way. The national anthem that even as a kid, I was so happy when I when I had to stop having a stand for the national anthem in, 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 in school. Or when I no longer had to pick a class 
that required me that required me to be in school during the national anthem. So I was forced to stand for the national anthem. I was one of those kids. I was I was happy for that. Even as a soldier. Like I said, most people don't know. People always like to say, oh, you want we wouldn't protest the flag, or you wouldn't do your protest during the national anthem, during the during the honoring of the flag, if you ever had to be somebody that a flag was given to to remember a um a deceased um service member. That's I I understand that. But that deceased the service that deceased service member, you received that flag because he fought for those reasons for people to be able to do their protest during the national anthem. Also, I don't think any of you people that are saying that actually processed death gratuity payments, stacks and stacks as tall as you are, as tall as you as as lo- as high as you are tall, stacks of of gratuity payments, and I mean stacks of reports. Of paged reports of soldiers constantly dying, of soldiers that you had to pay out their death benefit, of soldiers that you had to eventually even deal with with actually paying cash checks or uh, giving actual checks to their family members, dealing with their family members, calling their family members, seeing their family members face to face, escorting these murderers to their court martials. I don't think any of you guys had to do that. I don't think any of you have actually seen. What soldiers really do when the national anthem is being played? The national anthem is actually being played. And they don't have to. And they don't and they don't have to be forced to stand up for the national anthem. No, you don't you don't see all of that. You guys see something completely different. You guys only see when soldiers are forced to salute the anthem, salute the flag, stand up for the anthem. You don't see the you don't see the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of of of, of soldiers that when it comes on in the morning, when it plays at night, if they can if they can stay in there, because really it's only something you have to salute when you're outside. Meaning that if you're in your vehicle driving, you have to get out your vehicle and then get out and salute the flag, salute the national anthem. That's what that means. You know what soldiers do? They stay inside their barracks. They stay inside their house for that five minutes, for that for that little bit of time, just to make sure they don't have to stand outside. Or if you get caught in the hallway, you have to go turn and face. You know what soldiers do? They stay inside their room, so they don't have to be burdened or inconvenienced. <laughs> just with, yes. Since you want to keep bringing up the troops, and let me let me let me go ahead and and and, and give you a little bit of insight onto how things really are. I mean, we're going to give you a little bit more of insight into how the military works. When we talk about what is going on in this college game. Because the same way that Rick Pitino is getting fired, it's kind of the same way that the military is ran. If a commanding officer has a bunch of soldiers underneath his command that are getting DUIs, that are getting busted for marijuana, that are that are pop, that are failing your analysis. That are getting in trouble. Period. That aren't making weight standards. You know what happens? That commanding officer gets blamed. And it's, it's, it's one of two things. It's either that 
you knew that you, you know what's going on in your unit and you're not doing anything about it or you run too loose of a ship. And either way, you're not fit to lead. And that's what Rick Pitino is being charged with or being fired for. He's being fired for because now this is the second scandal that we've heard in the last 90 days that's come out of that's come out of Louisville. And Louis and Rick Pitino is a guy that I like strictly for the fact that he won a championship with the New York Knicks. But this is the second scandal his team has found himself in in the last 90 days. One now with, with, with sneakers and funneling kids to programs. And another one with prostitutes and having fuck parties in the dorms. Or, on, or having recruitment parties that had prostitutes. This is going on under Rick Pitino's watch. Sneaker deals that he technically doesn't know anything about, of, of players getting, getting, getting these sneaker deals so he could come to their schools or, or go to their program. And also, them, them, them same guys also being bribed, either by sneakers or by prostitutes when they actually come to the school. So in the back end, they're getting sneakers to try to go to the school. And then when they make it to the school, they get whores, you know what I mean, D during their recruitment party. And Rick Pitino doesn't know any of this. Once again, He's either complicit in all of this and he's turning a blind eye or he runs a very loose ship and he's unfit to lead. And that's the reason why Rick Pitino is being fired from Louisville. That's how the military works. And like I said, half the people that defend that are defending the military, I, I appreciate you guys defending the military. You should defend the military, but you can't use the military on this factor because you're using the military to defend something that isn't the issue. And that's what I keep trying to tell most of you people is that you, you, you bring up things that has nothing to do with the actual cause. As if you don't care about the cause. As if you rather glaze over or gloss over the cause. Either because you don't care. Or because if things stay the same way, that it benefits you more that way. Or because you have or you share the same views. As, as the people that are abusing their power. Because if you had any kind of progressive conscious thought, or if you can utilize, or if you can, I shouldn't say that, if you can use your progressive conscious thought, you would see that, hey, I shouldn't focus on when the protest is versus why the protest is. And if you've done that part, then if you know why the protest, then you, then you must believe that the protest is invalid. And that's the reason why you're saying, hey, don't do your protest during the national anthem because you're also not doing a valid protest. Because to say that, hey, just do this during a different time because I'm going to bring in this distraction is, is, is ignorant. Like, it, it really just is ignorant. <laughs> like you are choosing to be on the side. You, you're choosing to be the side of the distraction instead of choosing to be on the side of the solution to the problem. But you understand, like, this is the side that you're choosing. Because you have chosen a side. Instead of being for the actual problem, you're choosing to help perpetuate and promote the distraction. Which deters from the actual problem. Which means that you are promoting the problem. I'm just saying, you guys. Progress your thought. 
think further of your actions. I don't think a lot of you do. I don't, I don't think you think progressively enough past what is known to be your sociological environment. Just like I couldn't get past the fact that the Sports Illustrated didn't have Colin Kaepernick, the leader of this whole entire movement, on their cover. They went a completely different route. So as we get into week four, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I don't want to talk too much more politics. It's, it's just that the president, he kind of does it to you. He, he had, this president does it to you. Well, Bush did too, as well as the other Bush. But that's because the Bush was a dumbass. This guy is a dumbass and a bigot. Trump. So, 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 so. Let's get into some picks. Let's get into some motherfucking picks. Because week four starts tonight. From Chicago versus Green Bay. And Chicago's one and two. Green Bay is two and one. They're in Green Bay. Chicago really has no kind of offense. And even though, listen, we picked against Chicago last week. Chicago managed to find a way to beat Pittsburgh out of all teams. Chicago was at home. Chicago, I'm, I'm gonna give them that home court advantage. This time I'm giving, I'm giving Green Bay that home court advantage because this is also travel. This is also real, real travel. Like, I don't know if I would consider Pittsburgh to Chicago much travel that Pittsburgh should have lost that game, but you're on somebody, you're on somebody else's home turf, right? Anything can happen. Anything's possible. But Chicago versus Green Bay. I spent Green Bay to very easily. And you know what? I shouldn't even say easily anymore. I expect... I expect Green Bay to win. That's just it. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I expect, excuse me, I expect Green Bay to win. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, 30 seconds. We're going to come back. Because you know what? I want to let you know where I'm going. It could be next month during the Race for the Cure. This is Richie Coleman. On October 14th, come out and catch the Mighty Sports Podcast, Mighty Radio, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and the entire 24-7 Miami lineup. Live from the Susan G. Coleman Race for the Cure Marathon at Bayfront Park. Register today at ColemanMIAFTL.org. That's K-O-M-E-N-M-I-A-F-T-L.org. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, Alan Tomah Taylor. You're still listening on MightyRadio.net or MightySports.net or TuneIn Radio or MixLR. However you are listening, I appreciate it. You taking your time out of your day to listen to my podcast. So, I have Green Bay beating Chicago. 
Next up, we have the one. We have one and two Miami. Now, New Orleans versus the one and one Miami. As this is also another game played on a mutual tour, as they are also going to be going overseas. And my hatred for Miami can't have me picking Miami, so I'm going to pick New Orleans. If the Jets could gash them, New Orleans could gash them. New Orleans is going to improve to two and two. As Carolina, who takes on New England in New England, as both of those teams are two and one. I see Carolina falling to New England. New England improves to three and one. Carolina Panthers fall to two and two. New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers are going to be tied, with New Orleans holding that tiebreaker over Carolina so far this year. And because for the first time, the Jack, for the first time of playing in London, that the team coming off of that, the team coming off of that game is not going to have a bye. I'm going to pick Jacksonville to lose to the New York Jets. The Jets improved to 2-2. Two and two, and Jacksonville Jaguars fall to 2-2. Two and two. I keep telling you, I don't understand where these people saw these games at. I see wins all over the place. <laughs> I don't see the Jets being able... To, I see the Jets being a top, being a bottom five team, but not a, not a bottom three team. Which is very unfortunate. Because it means that we're going to lose it on the quarterbacks. Tennessee goes to Houston. The two and one Tennessee Titans goes to play the one and two Houston Texans. I don't know. This game is kind of tough for me. But you know what I said, right? I said earlier, I'm gonna go with the home team. I still don't believe Tennessee is that team yet, and I still need to see Ewing, I still need to see Houston's defense fail more. So I'm gonna pick. Even though I know it's going to be a heavy game of run with both teams, I'm going to pick Houston at home with their defense to be able to bottle up Tennessee so that Houston can improve to 2-2 two and two, and Tennessee will also fall to 2-2. Two and two. Oh, folks, and this is going to be the multi-vest game of the week right here. This is one of those games that we expect. This is definitely one of those games that we always expect to kind of be a bloodbath when we watch them play. As the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams are two and one. This is a division game. The Pittsburgh Steelers need to redeem themselves. The Baltimore Ravens need to redeem themselves. Both teams went into last week 2-0. And, oh, and both teams lost embarrassingly to a team that they should have beat. So who comes out on top? Would it be the Baltimore Ravens at home? Or would it be the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road? For right now. I still believe that last week was an outlier more than anything. All right, I believe that all those teams that lost, I don't believe that they are going to be cons- consistent losers. I believe that a lot what happened last week was more of an anomaly than it is going to be the norm. So I'm going to pick Baltimore to come away with this game, even if it is only by three or two points. I'm only giving this game because this is their rivalry game. This is, this is going to be one of those... <sighs> One of those tough games for Baltimore to win. Bad thing about it, if Baltimore wins, I see them. I see them winning by like the skin of their pants. But if, but if Pittsburgh wins, I see them blowing them out. And Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell finally having that game we were looking for. Cincinnati, the 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals go on the go on the road to take on the Cleveland Browns. This is another division game. This is actually in that same division, and I actually see Cincinnati beating the Cleveland Browns on the road. Now, the Detroit... Now, this is going to be interesting right here. Because we need to see who is who. Can the Detroit Lions... 
go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. The Detroit Lions barely lost to the Falcons last week. You sure that's not enough? Okay. <laughs> they barely lost to the to the to the Falcons last week. And Minnesota. Minnesota beat Tampa Bay in Minnesota. So who is more for real? Now I'm not gonna lie. A Tampa Bay pick could have been a heart pick. I really see I really see I really see a lot of things for James Winston. I see a lot of weapons. For him, we just, got, we just got to see if Mike Evans is really going to be a top five receiver like he said he's going to be, or if he's going to continue to be a middle of the pack, seventeen to twenty three kind of guy. As I just got a notification, it's the Roy Robert Burnett Jr.'s birthday today, and two others. What the hell? How many people is born on September twenty eighth today? But I'm going to pick Minnesota to beat Detroit at home. Just like I'm gonna beat, just like I'm gonna pick the Dallas Cowboys to beat the LA Rams at home. They're gonna be in, they're gonna be in Dallas Stadium, and we're gonna see if Ezekiel Elliott is finally getting that rush back, and we're gonna see if the LA Rams are for real, if their defense are for, is, is for real. Because listen, the LA Rams defense has been putting up numbers. We'll get into their numbers a little bit later, but they have 100% been putting up the numbers that should want you to have them, even on your watch list. Or on your bench of your fantasy football team. I'm going to pick Atlanta to, to continue their undefeated streak and beat Buffalo. As we all know that Buffalo is a team that likes to start off hot. I think this is where they fizzle out. Even though I think this is going to be a good game for them. To be able to go into a stadium on turf and play a speed game. You're talking about a speed game with a guy like LaShawn McCoy. Once again, a guy like... A guy like um. A guy like their tight end, Clay. I expect him to have another touchdown this game. The Chargers haven't won a game this season. I don't see them beginning anytime soon. I expect Philly to go on the road and beat the Chargers. 2-1 Philly. 0-3 Chargers. I think we're gonna keep I think that's gonna stay that way. As right now, Carson Wentz is kind of looking like the Carson Wentz that we saw at the beginning of last year. And listen, this could be his MO. That's like it's been Buffalo's MO. They can start off good, and then he fizzles off. Carson Wentz could be this guy that, for two straight seasons, start off really well, and then, fi- and then just fizzles out the rest of the season. But he has some weapon. He gets, but he has some more weapons this year, and we're gonna see. But if he is starting off hot, he's still in that hot time frame. <laughs> so before we give him that fizzle out time period, we're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt to beat teams like the Chargers because it just seems like Philip Rivers. And the rest of that team can't get it done. I thought that they were going to have big numbers this year. They had so many weapons. There is something missing with the Chargers. And it may be their heart. They're 0-3. I wonder how many games is going to be before they win their first game this season. Maybe that should be a better question. Instead of asking you guys who's going to win more games this year, the Cleveland Browns or the New York Giants, I should ask you who's going to win more games this year, the L.A. Chargers. On the New York Giants. Maybe that will be better. 
because all of those teams are undefeated or haven't won a game. Just like the San Francisco, who hasn't won a game either. As the, as the 0-3 San Francisco 49ers go to take on the 1-2 Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals, I thought, had a, they had a, they had a decent game last last week. That's a, a fun, like, Ezekiel Elliott only getting 88 yards is good. Because Ezekiel Elliott was putting up over 100 yards last season. The fact that all three of their stars got a touchdown, they're, they're stars. That's what they're supposed to do. You held Dells Bryant to two yards, I mean, the two catches for 12 yards. Granted... He happened to muscle himself in for a touchdown in between there, but two receptions for 12 yards is what Arizona did. And I don't see San Francisco having the, having the required weapons that is going to make it seem that they can do anything better. I'm going to pick Arizona to win this game over San Francisco. And speaking of undefeated, the, the 0-3 Giants are going to be going into Tampa. And I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to continue the Giants' winless streak. And now we come into the other game that's going to fall into the category. And Detroit and Minnesota should fall into the multi-best game of the week category too, just to let you know. Not just this Baltimore and Pittsburgh one. I'm hoping New England and Carolina is interesting, but I don't see that happening. So we get Oakland, 2-1 Oakland versus 2-1 Denver. Oakland, who struggled last week, surprisingly struggled last week at that. But they got gassed, and that's what it really was. It was their secondary that was getting gassed. So with that said, if Denver has a good defense, Denver is at home. Denver has, look like they found something with Trevor Simeon. And Trevor Simeon plays a good dink and dunk game. You know, basically, let me just get the ball out to my receivers and let them do the work. Then, you're looking at a, as, a, as a possibility for Trevor Simeon, Emmanuel Sanders, and, 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 and how am I forgetting this big boy's name? Jeez. The, the mayor, ah, it starts with, it's a D somewhere in there. <laughs> but the other wide receiver for Denver. I just can't remember his name all of a sudden. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank. Something Thomas? No, that's not it. The guy that his mother came out of jail and got to see him play in the Super Bowl, I believe. But I see a big game for them if that front line of Oakland can't get to Trevor Simeon and they allow him to start gashing up that secondary. Because... Listen, while I keep telling you Michael Crabtree is having a great game, Denver was able to hold Des Bryant down again. So, it's a two teams now that's been able to hold Des Bryant down, Arizona and Denver. So, we're looking at it, and we're going to look at it and, make, and hope that Denver should be able to try or hold down the guy that Richard Sermon considers to be. So I expect, actually, Denver to beat Oakland. Denver will improve to 3-1. Denver will fall to 2-2. Two two. Marshall Lynch may struggle in this game. So if you have Marshall Lynch, folks, remember last game he had three touches for 18 yards. Or was it six touches for 18 yards? Six touches for 18 yards. He may have a repeat of that. Let's hope he doesn't. Let's hope he comes out with, with some nasty. 
The Oakland team is going to have to come up with some nasty to go up against Denver's defense. Because Denver de- Denver's defense brings nasty. We have, C- we have the 1-2 Seattle Seahawks at home defending against the 1-2 Indianapolis Colts. And I'm going to pick Seattle to win at home. And this is the game that we're going to start to watch Seattle's defense. Because Indiana did find a way to beat Cleveland last year and get themselves on some kind of momentum to get T.Y. Hilton and them boys going in the right direction. Why Seattle's going in the wrong direction. So, we're going to see who comes out triumphant in this game. I'm, ha- I'm going to heavily favor Seattle to win. But if they don't, you now that defense gets gashed again. Then we need to... Very, then it is time, I'm not going to lie to you. If they lose to Indiana, I'm, I'm, I'm panicking. If you're Seattle Seahawks, it is time to hit that panic button. It is time for you to realize you are in the danger zone. It's time to panic. I will worry about them because there's way too many good teams in the NFC for Seattle to fall to one and three. And last but not least, we have two and one Washington versus the three and O Kansas City Chiefs. As much as I told you, I well, Kirk Cut. I like Kansas City. I like. Philip Riv- I like I like Andy Reid. I like I like the way he he game plans. I like the way he schemes. Alex Smith is is one of the top. Is one of uh, is one of the top quarterbacks of the league so far. People don't even realize that. So, I'm gonna pick Kansas City to win this, but this is gonna be another game. I'm gonna be watching Kirk Cousins in Washington. Because if they can do, if Kirk Cousins in Washington can do what they did to Oakland last week, then I 100% believe that Washington has this division in the bag. And the Giants and the Jets will be fighting. For the same quarterback next year. So, folks, just to give you a quick recap. We stayed very home heavy. We, we got kind of scared because of what happened last week. We stayed very home heavy. We only picked three road teams this week. So, just to recap. We have... And ladies, your section is coming up soon. We have Green Bay over Chicago. We have New Orleans over Miami. New England... Okay, so Green Bay at home over Chicago... We have New Orleans going on the road and beating Miami, even though they're playing in London. So this is basically a, a mutual site. I have New England winning at home against Carolina. The New York Jets winning at home against Jacksonville. Houston winning at home against Tennessee. Baltimore winning at home versus Pittsburgh. I have Cincinnati winning on the road and beating Cleveland. We have Minnesota at home beating Detroit. Dallas at home beating the Rams. Atlanta at home beating Buffalo. We have Philly going into Philly. Flying all the way across the country to go and play in the Chargers and willing in L.A. We have the Arizona Cardinals 
beating the San Francisco 49ers, Tampa Bay beating the New York Giants and, and making them 0-4. We have Denver beating Oakland at home. We have Denver at home beating Oakland. We have Seattle at home beating Indy. Kansas City at home beating Washington, folks. And that is the mighty picks of the week. And yes, folks, the multi-vest games of the week is going to be Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, Detroit versus Minnesota, and Oakland versus Denver. Don't forget, multi-vest games Play more so you can save more. You save more so you can play more. Sorry. Told you. A little dyslexic. I'm an introvert. And now, ladies, 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 ladies. That's the show. Well, I actually said that's the show. Here goes your section, ladies. This is the part where we get into the fantasy football. So, without any further ado, the mighty fantasy football tips. Not winning tips, just tips, tips, tips. Just the tip? Just the tip! Just the tip! Let's just say what I want involves much more than just the tips. Just the tips. What I want is much more than just the tips. Yes, ladies. It is time for the fantasy football tips. And we're going to start off with play, basically players that you should just drop. Players you should, you should, that you should drop, watch, get rid of. First player that absolutely needs to be gone from everybody's roster is Darren Sproles. He has been placed on IR. Darren Sproles, folks, was the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this makes my blood pressure rise every time I have to talk about this. And on a play that basically... <laughs> that basically saw him... <laughs> not even really get touched. Darren Sproles... Tore his Achilles tendon... And broke his arm. On the same play. Now, mind you, the reason why I say, listen, you should just go ahead and get rid of him, because he's going to retire. Darren Rose is a 34-year-old, five foot seven running back in the NFL. Five foot seven. Thirty-four-year-old running back in the NFL. Darren Sproles' career is completely, one hundred percent done. It's over. It's a wrap. He may try to do the gladiator thing and try to come back from this injury just so he could play in one more game and retire. It's not worth it, bruh. Don't, it's not worth it, bruh. You tore your Achilles and broke your forearm. You know what your body is telling you to do? Go home and take a nap. It's a wrap. So if you have Darren Sproles on your team, then you need to make sure you get rid of him ASAP. Do not even allow him to occupy a roster spot. He's not worth it anymore. Now, we're going to give you a bunch of players that you just need to watch out for. All right? A, lot, a bunch of players that have been highly productive so far for their teams and in fantasy football. But you're going to need to watch these guys. Because these guys have to, are starting to get these nicks and these bruises. And these, <laughs> these, 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 
It's starting to pop up on the injury report more than not. So the first one on that list is Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin, who was the number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers this week take on the New England Patriots. Kelvin Benjamin hyperextended his knee. And he's dealing with that now. Now, you have to mind you, Kelvin Benjamin's already a guy that came that, that people believe came in overweight. So if you have a hyperextended knee and you're already carrying all this extra weight, that's not looking good for him. He was already basically walking around on the weight that he that, that he basically had on with pads. So we gonna so he's gonna be someone that you're gonna need to watch out for if he's gonna be if he's one of the top two if he's a starting wide receiver in your fantasy lineup. Next up is gonna be Michael Crabtree. Yes, that same Michael Crabtree. Which Michael Crabtree? <laughs> do I need to do it again? Michael Crabtree has bruised ribs. As I told you, Michael Crabtree has been tearing fantasy football, um, has been tearing the league so far this year. And I'll get to these numbers about Michael Crabtree a little bit later. But Michael Crabtree now has bruised ribs. As the Oakland Raiders are set to take on the Denver Broncos in Denver. So you're talking about a guy that may, that if he has bruised ribs, he may have some kind of breathing problem. So something that you gotta have to keep you you gotta have to keep an eye on. Michael Crabtree is a guy that's definitely known for his speed and being able to get past receivers or, or defenders. We've seen what Halib Talib Talib Kwali. I was gonna call him Talib Kwali. You guys know who I'm talking about, Talib. Talib we've seen we've seen we've seen Talib shut down Des Bryant and still considered to be a shutdown corner in this game. If we have a Michael Crabtree that can't hold his wind the way he used to or the way he's normally used to, that's part of the reason why I see Oakland struggling against Denver. It's because Michael Crabtree happens to be injured. Also, um, somebody that you need to watch out for, who's been a very productive running back in this league, is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon for the L.A. Chargers. You know, L.A. Chargers have been horrific. Melvin Gordon has been one bright spot, but he seems to be getting his nicks and bruises as well. And he is somebody that you need to watch out for. And also Seattle's wide receiver, Doug Baldwin. Which Doug Baldwin? Yes, it's um, Doug Baldwin that I just told you had a big game <laughs> last week. Yes, he had such a big game that he injured himself. So he is somebody that you're going to have to need to watch out for if he's on your fantasy football lineup. And just keep an eye on these guys and, and, and see if... And you know, like, put it this way, you'll have a good idea by Sunday morning. You'll have a good idea by Saturday night. You understand? By, but definitely by Sunday at, at noon or 11, you, you'll, you'll have an idea. But keep an eye on these guys. These guys are out. These guys are, are a little banged up. They've popped up on the injury wire. They'll, you Actually, you'll start knowing by practice today, practice tomorrow. You'll know how these guys are feeling. If they, if, if they were out of practice, then they're gonna be iffy for the game. If they were li- if they were limited in practice, then they're gonna play. And you should expect them to play. But limited means that that injury was still lingering. A lingering injury means that you can have a reoccurring injury in the game. That's why these guys may play, these guys may not finish the game. That's what happened to them last week. A lot of these guys didn't finish out their games. Matt Forte, the running back for the New York Jets. One of the one of the good bright spots for the New York Jets, he's out with a toe. And man, this 
This one hurts my heart. Sammy Watkins. I don't even know who he's the wide receiver for at this point in time. Is it for Philly? I think it's for Philly. During that Philadelphia win, he made a, spe a, a spectacular catch. It's all coming back to me now, as I remember. <laughs> he made a spectacular catch. And the reason this is sad, because if you know Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins has been a prospect ever since he came into the league. Sammy Waskin, Watkins has had injury issues ever since he's come into the league. Everything from an ankle to a, to, to, a, to a shoulder, to a knee, to anything that you can imagine. And Sammy Watkins makes this amazing catch on the left sideline. And jokingly, I was like, huh, look, Sammy Watkins, now watch him be injured. And then Sammy Watkins is going through the concussion protocol. And now Sammy Watkins is out with a concussion. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, for a guy that had so much talent, so much promise as a wide receiver, he can't catch a break. Man. Man. So, that, those, those are the guys that you're going to have to watch. Those are the guys that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Those are the guys that you're going to have to make sure that if you go forward with them, that, put it this way, those are the guys that will give you headaches. <laughs> so, if so if these are your, so if any of these guys happen to be Starting number one or number two running backs or wide receivers for you. These are the guys that are going to give you headaches. Because until you get... Until you get... A, a, a good bill of reading. A clear, clear a clear bill of health, I should say. On these guys, you're always going to be wondering... When are they going to go out? Are they going to be healthy this week? Can they finish a game? So... To finish this off, let us give you the rundown of the top players for, for the, each of their positions in fantasy football right now. So right now, if you have, I mean, we're going to do top five, top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. Right? So far, if you have any of these five players, you should be doing good. Now, all in all, top five Top five fantasy producing players in the in the in football right now. Kareem Hunt is the very first one. The Kansas City running back. Number two, and this is all. This is this is this all I'm, I'm doing right now all, all the top five. And I'll give you the positions later a little bit in a second. So number two is Tom Brady, the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Number three is Todd Gurley, the running back from the LA Rams. Number four is Alex Smith. The, wide, the, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. And number five is Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So yes, surprisingly, folks, three out of the top five producing spots are going to quarterbacks. Two of them are, are only held by running backs. In a way that I told you that, hey, running backs are way more important to you than, 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 than quarterbacks. We are seeing quarterbacks actually move into that fold. So let's start talking about these, these quarterbacks. The top five quarterbacks in fantasy football right now. Number one is Tom Brady, who has put up a total of 74 points. Number two is 
Kansas City's quarterback, Alex Smith, who has put up a total of 60 points. Now, ladies, this is where you pay attention. Sorry, wrong one. If you're listening live right now, it's something that you should know. Alex Smith is available in over 55% of leagues, and he is the number two quarterback in the league right now in, in fantasy football points. Even better, he is number four total in total points in all of fantasy football. So if Alex Smith is out there, Alex Smith may be a one. If, listen, if you have a quarterback out there, Alex Smith may be the guy that you want to go ahead. That is, you want to go ahead and get him at least. Put him on your bench. Alex Smith sh- should be at least on on your bench. There's no reason why with these numbers he is not at this point in time. He has been consistently shown that he is willing this year to air it out and he- get it to his athletes. The number three quarterback. Who's also tied with them. Number three and the number four are both tied with 57. We're talking about Green Bay's quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and New Orleans quarterback, Drew Brees. Now, while, listen, Drew Brees isn't getting the, the, the ball to his weapons, he's definitely putting up the number. I mean, while his weapons aren't individually putting up points, he is putting up the points as we always thought he did. And, folks, number five, we talked about him surprisingly as being a quick starter last year and starting quick this year, and we want to see how he, how he does against... The defense of sorry, we didn't actually we didn't need to see him do against the defense of them. We're talking about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is another quarterback that is available in over sixty percent of leagues. And right now, this week, Kansas City is going up against Washington's defense, and this week the LA Clippers, I mean Philadelphia is going up against the LA Clippers defense. LA Clippers are 0 3. I'm just saying. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz may be, may be a g- very good viable start, especially versus the, against the defense that he is going up against this week. So now, folks, the top five wide receivers, the top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. You know what I need here? You know what? Oh man, I I am so mad at myself. Don't worry, we'll get it. We'll get it. We gonna see. <laughs> so. Top five wide receivers. Very first, number one on that list is Diggs, the wide receiver from Minnesota. And I checked, folks. He's older than one hundred percent of leagues. And, and this is on ESPN fantasy. And this is on ESPN football. Let all of my fantasy football people um know. Next year, I think I'm switching to Yahoo. Actually, next year I'm switching to Yahoo. Just letting you, just letting everybody know, ladies, gentlemen alike, we're switching to Yahoo next year. We're revamping this whole thing. So, number one wide receivers, Minnesota's Diggs, who's put up a total of 52 points this year so far. Number number two wide receiver is Antonio Brown, who's put up 41 points so far this season. Um, The number three wide receiver is Cooks, the New England wide receiver. from the, The wide receiver from New England, Cooks, who's put up 38 so far. Then we have Hill. Who the hell is Hill? I didn't write this information down properly. So now next we have Hill. I have no clue who Hill plays for. This is my fault. Oh, this is my shabby note taking. It's like the wide receiver is the wide receiver one is the only the only category I didn't take down proper notes. But who does Hill play for? If you guys can find that out, you go ahead and send me a text, you send me a tweet. But Hill, he has put up so far thirty seven points this season. 
and the number five wide receiver. The number five wide receiver in all of football, or for fantasy football, in total points. Can you guys guess? Can you guys guess? I've been talking about him all day. Yes. Yes. Him. Yes. That one. Yes. That guy. Yes. We try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. That's the result you're going to get. Yes, Michael Crabtree with 34 points. So there you go, folks. Your top five wide receivers. So if you have any of these guys, then you're doing good so far. We're talking about Minnesota's Diggs, P Pittsburgh's Brown, New England's Cooks, Hill, and Oakland's Michael Crabtree. Now it's time to get to the top five, top five, top five running backs. I thought I had something for this. Do I have something for this? Do I have something for that? Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Yes. So we have Kansas City's running back, Kareem Hunt, with a total of 85 points, who was so far leading all of fantasy football in total points. So he's, he's followed by Todd Gurley, who had, with a total of 69 points, who is overall third in fantasy football. Followed by C. Thompson, who was the Washington Redskins running back. We have a total of 56 points. Who is actually still available in a decent amount of leagues? We got Devontae Freeman from Atlanta with 49 total points. Followed by Leonard Fournette from Jacksonville with a total of 43 total points. Don't worry, folks. We're almost done here. I know this is our first ever over two hour long show. We're almost done here because you know what? I gotta get ready to go. I gotta go ready to head on the multiverse video games. I gotta go see what these guys got. And I wanna make sure I get there early. You know what? I think I maybe do. I made I made this go down there and cut a promo today. I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna sit down there all day today. Come and find me at Multivest Video Games. Right there by 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 Dolphin Stadium. Eight at 837th Avenue, Miami Gardens, Florida. Yes, folks, that's where you'll find me. Whether you want to or not. So, the top five, top five, top five tight ends in the league. Number one is Mercedes Lewis with, a, with the Jacksonville Jaguars tight end. As you can see, Jacksonville, they're putting up some numbers. They are producing some players on this top five list. That's something to look forward to or to look into. That's no fluke. But Jacksonville, so far. Well, Mercedes Lewis is a fluke. He had three touchdowns last week, and that's part of the reason for his meteoric rise to, to, to number one of tight ends. But you know who isn't a fluke? Clay from Buffalo, who is available in over 75% of leagues. That's the reason why you heard me talk about this, this tight end, Clay, this Buffalo tight end. He keeps finding a way to get into the end zone. So, if you have an extra spot for a tight end, or if you have a tight end that you believe isn't producing, basically, if you have a tight end that just keeps putting up 5 points, 5 points, 4 points, 3 points, 5 points, and can't break that 5 threshold, I am guaranteeing you that Clay will give you at least 6 plus points every single game. Because he finds the end zone. Listen, he's, involved in, he's, he's available in 75% in, in of leagues. 
He's even available in my league. I am going to be adding him today as soon as we're done with the podcast. Like, like, but there's a couple of people I'm going to be adding today as soon as this podcast ends. I didn't do it last night. You know what I said? I'll give everybody a fair shot. But Alex Smith <laughs> and Clay would be on my team as soon as this podcast is done within the next two minutes. Right? We got James from Pittsburgh, who is... Number three in a tight end list with a total of 19 points. And that's the disparity. We're talking about Mercedes Lewis with 24. Clay from Buffalo with a total of 22 is available in 75% of leagues. We got James from Pittsburgh putting up 19 points, who's third on the tight end list. We got A Hop, we got Hopper from Atlanta, who's available. I think that's Aaron Hopper. A Aaron, actually. <laughs> Hopper from Atlanta with a total of 18 points, who's tied with Ingram from the New York Giants with a total of 18 points. But remember, Ingram's flux is also from his from last week's performance, just like Hopper's flux um, fluctuation into into number into the number four spot is still from his week one production. Hopper hasn't done shit since, since week one. Ingram hasn't done shit outside of week three. Mercedes Lewis hasn't done shit outside of week four. I'm sorry, how many weeks are we on? We're on week four right now. So Ingram hasn't done shit since week two. Hopper hasn't done shit since week um has outside of week. Ingram hasn't done shit outside of week two. Hopper from Atlanta hasn't done anything outside of week one. James has been consistent. Clay has been consistent. Mercedes Lewis hasn't done anything outside of week three. That's the that's the actual truth. The only consistent, the only true consistent Titan I see up here is Clay and possibly James. And on defense, folks, the top five defenses in the league right now is Detroit. Are the Detroit Lions? Do we have one for them? Who we do. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington Racial Slurs, who are actually available in 95% of leagues. So I've given you a couple of nuggets. I've given you Alex Smith, who should be available in most leagues. I've given you Clay, Alex Smith, the, type, the, the quarterback from Kansas City. So write that down if, you're not, if, if you haven't paid attention yet. <laughs> Kansas City's quarterback, Kansas, um, Alex Smith, he's available. In 55% of leagues. The tight end from Buffalo, Clay. He's available in 75% of leagues. He's the number two tight end. And the number four defense, Washington, is available in 95% of leagues. Now, that's the thing that make that, that I guess we don't have, I haven't realized yet about Washington. While Washington has so far been two and one, and, I, and I've been looking at Kirk Cousins doing his thing, not only is Kirk Cousins making sure he takes care of the ball and, get, and moving the ball downfield, but that defense is also cost, is also creating turnovers and number five the la rams number five defense so quick rundown for you ladies once again try this replay try this replay cardi b or you want something different you want you want something different to end to end to end this or, or you know what? i'll pick something different for you ladies so quick rundown quick rundown quick run down <laughs> I'm sorry, you are going to be a little mad at me Actually, you're not going to be mad at me This one's just going to be funny This one is going to be funny, ladies As we give you the final rundown of these picks So, very quickly Quarterbacks Tom Brady from New England Alex Smith from Kansas City Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay Drew Brees from New Orleans Philadelphia's Carson Wentz. From wide receivers, we have Minnesota's Diggs, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh Antonio Brown, 
We have Delvin Cook from New England. I have no clue where Hill is from. And Michael Crabtree from Oakland. Running backs. We have Kareem Hunt from Kansas City. Todd Gurley from LA Rams. We have Thompson from Washington. It's another one for Washington. Devontae Freeman from Atlanta. And we have Leonard Fournette from the Jacksonville Jaguars. From the tight ends. And listen, ladies, just, just, just put the teams down. You'll be able to see who these top producers are. <laughs> from the tight ends, we have Mercedes Lewis from Jacksonville. We have Clay from Buffalo. James from Pittsburgh. And remember, Clay is available in 75% of leagues from Buffalo. James from Pittsburgh. Hopper from Atlanta. Ingram from the Giants. And on defense, we have Detroit. Lions, Jacksonville, Jaguars, Pittsburgh, Steelers, Washington, racial slurs, and that Los Angeles Rams. Whew. Haven't done a morning show in a while. I've never done a two-hour-long show, but I'm not going to lie to you. I knew coming in here this morning that the two-hour show during, during football season was going to be the new standards. Because you know what? This is what you have demanded from me. Because you not only have you demanded that I cover football, I cover baseball, but you need to make sure, ladies, that I give you your fantasy football tips. And don't forget, if you have any questions, you can always hit, give me um, find, <laughs> slide into my DMs. <laughs> but seriously, you could DM me at my T Sports or at my T Radio, whether on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. You could direct message me. And if you have any fantasy football questions, if you want any kind of fantasy football tips. Send me questions and I will address them right here on the air for you to hear. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned, stay blessed, and don't stress. And remember, as we continue to grow, one hand washes the other and both wash the face. Thank you for listening. I am Dallin Domar Taylor. This is the Mighty Sports Podcast on MightyRadio.net. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. I'm hungry too. Rough night. Die, baby. Die. Die. Make you say. Hi, T.